Welcome to episode 31 of Teach Me Tiger. Hi. Hello. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be fun if we asked you to explain what the podcast is today. Like the topic or what the podcast yeah, like, is? No, like what is Teach Me Tiger, Liz? Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's a great idea. Um, uh, from yeah. my understanding uh-huh. <laughs> and from the episodes I've listened to, it is a educational podcast mm-hmm. filled with funny things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you bring an expert on to talk about a specific topic and you ask them questions and then we all laugh the whole time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hundred percent. Thank you. Hundred percent. A hundred percent, like on Instagram, when you press, when you do a quick response, and it's just a hundred percent flying. Oh, like the like um, on the story, the little literal one hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and clap hands, clappy hands, hundred percent. I just need to. I I digress, mm-hmm. but the hundred. Uh huh. How is that not one dollar? If you see in a discount store when they write one dollar, it's a big one, two little zeros in red, like that. I think it's only a dollar. I don't think it's a hundo. It's a hundo. Everybody uses it as a hundo. How many pennies make a dollar, Melody? (laughs) So (laughs) a hundred pennies. We don't have we don't have pennies anymore. Yeah, I have a penny. Not in Canada, you don't. I got a penny in my pocket. You want (laughs) to feel it? I've had to change Penelope's name. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) I'm like, is anyone gonna I did my pervy joke not land what's happening i'm sorry what did you say i just said i have a, a penny in my pocket do you want to feel it <laughs> <laughs> wow is that a penny or are you barely excited to see me at or all do you have a micro penis yeah <laughs> or like yes. is that your clitoris that's well, hard what it to is say. hard, hard to, to say, say. <laughs> <laughs> mel's on fire she's on fire we'll just send her a fire emoji oh, oh. let's just do this whole podcast in emojis because you know emojis work really well in like auditory media yeah i was hoping that my phone would do that like it's perfect it's perfect for podcasting yeah 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 it is okay so we'll just emoji now tune in for the next two hours and 20 minutes (laughs) yeah can you can you feel it so we have a bit of a what I would call a bittersweet announcement mm-hmm. to make. It's both bitter and sweet, not mm-hmm. in like dark chocolate. Love dark chocolate. Me I too. do too. Me too. I do too. So do your children, by the way. I took them to Tim Hortons the other day, Sarah, and they were like, <laughs> Leon was like, oh, is that dark chocolate? Oh, it's the dark chocolate one. I was like, Leon, there's no dark chocolate here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's cheese Hortons. on this. Is this a, a triple cream brie or a nice camembert? I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Is this the four-year-old cheddar or the three? I really yeah. prefer the four. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. if you have an eight, I wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like my children, actually. <laughs> They're very expensive. <laughs> so, your favorite podcast dad 
is moving on with his dirty, slutty mistress Mm -hmm. tattooing. Tattooing. I'm podcast dad. Oh, you're the podcast dad. Yeah. My my dirty, slutty mistress. She's a fucking bitch, first of all. No, just kidding. Is she here? Can she hear me? Uh, She can hear everything, (laughs) but she loves it. Okay, cool. She's a she's a filthy filthy animal. <laughs> oh, no one's gonna get a tattoo for me. Um, yeah, she's really like dirty and stuff. No, she's not. She's super clean and clean. above board. Yeah, uh-huh. sanitary, sanitary, respectful. Oh, shit, sanitary napkins. I only use sanitary no, napkins. No, Sarah, don't say that. Okay, okay, uh, okay. Uh, your favorite podcast dad. Yeah, is John moving with on. His mistress, the tattooing. Dirty slut tattooing. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's going super well with tattooing. Yep. Uh, I per I prefer if you um pronounce it like tattooing, like on uh, the planet. Tattooing is the planet. Ta- tattooing the planet from Star Wars. Tattooing. Yeah. Tattooing. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's working really well already. Uh, we got another nerd in the house. Tattooing. Yes. Half paid attention because I was reading my notes and then I was like, she said tattooing. Tattooing. Wait, how are you saying it? The same. You oh. were you weren't saying it wrong. <laughs> I was just being a dick. Oh, excuse me, Sarah. I think it's pronounced. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, so that's yeah, true. So Sarah, Sarah's <coughs> doing everything's cool. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm stepping us. down as I'm passing the mic. Mic drop. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm mic dropping and stepping down as co-host, but I I will still be here as your favorite neighbor. I'm gonna pop in all the time, say what's up, and like say uncomfortable things <laughs> to all my favorite listeners out there. Only my favorite ones. <laughs> I'll continue to make you uncomfortable, <laughs> so yeah. don't stress. And if you don't leave us five stars on iTunes, she will set your car on I'll fire. I'll still <laughs> set your car on fire. Like I'm still gonna do that. So just. Like us, follow us, <laughs> wear our buttons, all the things. Those buttons with their faces on them. Yeah. yeah. So, and now we have a new face to stick on a button, and we're really, really excited. So, introducing your newest favorite neighbor, <laughs> Elizabeth Cooper! <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm happy to be here. We're so happy you're here. <laughs> Thanks. If Sarah's the podcast dad, Liz Cooper is like the funny, crazy aunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She podcast doesn't aunt. like children that much. Yay. <laughs> We're, Liz and I are very similar in a lot of ways, actually. That's the first way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Except I don't have any kids. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you're already proving that you're smarter than me. <laughs> yeah. Liz is a smarter version of Sarah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fact. I don't dislike kids i just don't want any right that's fair me neither (laughs) but i actively dislike them also so you know also liz and i the other night figured out how long we've known each other oh god how long 18 years what 18 motherfucking years if our friendship were a person we could legally sleep with them wow yeah yeah so liz is coming on board we're gonna have a great time and liz is from kingston so our neighborhood expanded Hunter Clicks, Kingston, Front Neck, Tay Valley, we got so, it all. Ottawa. Covered. So like, Front and Neck. Hey, old. So Front Neck. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Liz was on episode nine. 
picture mm-hmm. your selfie. That's my favorite number. If you'd like Nine's to get your favorite to know number? Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. Liz a little bit better. Go back and listen to that one. It's a good one. I yeah. was on it. I was only slightly drunk by the end of it. Yeah. Cool. I was pretty drunk. Liz <laughs> is, is known for, ha- for drinking too much, and then it's a countdown until she says something she regrets later. Her husband told me that. That's true. Oh, my God. <laughs> is that true? I love it. Who's an oversharer now? Is that what happens? You overshare? No. I don't overshare. I blurt. Mm. And I'm like, bah, 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 bah. and then oftentimes, I've never really offended people. Generally, I've never really <laughs> offended people. But what it is, I have, I have pretty serious anxiety. And I don't have social anxiety. Like in groups, I'm not nervous. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, woo, woo, this is fun. This mm-hmm. is fun. We're having a party because I'm pretty extroverted. Yeah. It's later the next day. And it doesn't, drinking is involved sometimes, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes I've had the interaction sober. And then for days afterwards, I think, should I call them and apologize? Oh, no, never. And never, because if I ever bring it up to them later, say like months later, they're like, what? I don't even remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Always. 100% of the time. I'm I'm a blurter too. That's why I think you're so funny. I love that you blurt shit out. Well, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Yeah. Sometimes you like you watch yourself, right? Like almost spin out and you're like, reel it in. Holy shit, reel it in. And you can't. You're like, I can't stop. And it's like you're vomiting out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I unintentionally, this has happened to me at parties where I unintentionally gather a group of people around me Mm -hmm. and I'm like talking and telling funny stories. And then I'm like, I guess I better live up to this. And then it just goes bad. Yes. Well, well, maybe you think it goes bad. I think it just gets like uh, more exciting. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. Hopefully. Let's hope so. Yeah. It gets ruder, probably. Ruder. In my experience with myself, it just gets ruder. Like, sexier? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you are definitely more, like, um, ribald, as my husband says. What's that mean? Ribald means, like, sexy. Like, if you're speaking about, like... Doing it all the time? Not necessarily doing <laughs> it, but if you tell, like, a ribald joke, it would be, like, a sexy joke or something. So mm. I guess, yeah, doing it. So, yeah, mm. you're definitely like, well, then I was fucking, then I was fucking, fucking around. Fucking my husband. Then I was just fucking, fucking, <laughs> fucking, fucking. Which I would ne- I would never say that in public, that I was right. fucking my husband. Right. I would only say it on a podcast. You'd be like, I'm fucking a homeless person. That's, like, the only... <laughs> Right. What so just cool. happened? What? I, I looked know. at my clipboard for a second and now we're fucking homeless people? Yeah. <laughs> people, homeless people are people too. I love the fact that every two seconds, one or two of us at a time are leaning to get away from the microphone <laughs> to burp or cough or chew or drink. <laughs> I'm always chewing. That's my <laughs> that's my shtick. People love that. People yeah. love that. I Adam Bolt. I know. I Here's know. to you. Hey, Adam. We call, let, can, every time I'm on, can we say hi to Adam? Yeah. And Allie. Let's say hi to your sisters. Hi, Allie. Oh, hi, Joe. I don't know if you listen, Joe, but Allie, happy belated birthday. Yeah, happy She's belated 20. birthday. You make happy really, birthday, Allie. She makes really beautiful music. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> I'm really excited to tell you guys something, but I'll ask you first. How was your week? Any week peaks? Well, thank you, Sarah. Sarah's gesturing to me. Uh, my week peak is happening right now. <gasps> wow. Wow. So my week peak wow. is being here. And I can assure you that my week peak, the week this airs, will also be being here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah, Liz is my life setter. <laughs> past, future, present. Or I just know how lame my life will be and that it'll be bad on that week. <laughs> <laughs> eh, what was my week Sarah, peak? what's your week? Uh, wait. 
It was like when the government sent me a letter saying that I owe them over $700 because mm-hmm. they accidentally gave me money like That's a year such ago. bullshit. They do that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. They so sure do. Like, cool, 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 cool. Remember how he accidentally gave you money? Like you have it still though, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, I just kept it in case. <laughs> Not? You know, what you the what fuck? Th- I don't have that money. You know what they're going to do? If you get a tax return, they'll just garnish your tax return. Yes. Which fucking sucks. That sucks. So if anyone out there uh wants a tattoo <laughs> i thought you were gonna say if anyone out there has like 700 <laughs> i would like it if anyone out there has 700 dollars and needs a sexual favor like a really expensive one i'll do it for 700 dollars. she's worth more you're worth way more than that and you know i what? won't i won't like penis and vagina mm-hmm. but like i give a good blowjob guess what <laughs> what you can owe money to cra for a while as long as you call them and tell them you'll pay it off slowly what if I call them and tell them I'll give them a BJ instead? <laughs> they won't take that. No? Damn. No. Shit. Well, what? that's a pretty good week peak. All right. What was your week peak? <laughs> I'm so excited to tell you guys this thing oh, I learned shit. today, which I'm going to call my week peak. I'm sick again. Liz pointed out that I'm literally sick every podcast all winter. I've been sick. I feel so bad. It's true. Um, it's <laughs> terrible. But this morning, I was like, Flora, who's my cat? Flora, why is there so much mucus? <laughs> Laura didn't answer me, but my husband from the other room was like, did you just ask the cat why there's so much mucus? And I said, yeah, I did, because I don't understand where it all comes from. The (laughs) volume in my face, like, where, what? And he's like, well, actually. (laughs) And he explained it to me. Do you guys want to know where all your snot comes from? I do, I do. You're like, snot glands. There's something called mucinex. Okay. Cool. Uh, Sounds like a trademarked. Yeah, I was gonna say like you <laughs> can buy it <laughs> or something. I could be Use getting next, it wrong. TM. But- <laughs> <laughs> that's a soundbite. You're like uh like mucus glands produce something that's like he said it's like some kind of protein. He encouraged me to look on the internet for the technical stuff, but I'm not. Lame. Yeah, I know. This is like a science facts with Sarah right here. Except mucus. <laughs> <laughs> So your body produces like a protein mm-hmm. that Chris tells me is a polymer. Oh, so oh, it's yeah. in the polymer family, That's like, like glues glue, right? and shit, okay, right? Okay, yeah, and it expands exponentially when hydrated. Yeah. So when you're sick, your body produces this extra protein, probably as like an immune defense somehow. Cool. And the volume of your water in your sinuses. Mm-hmm is increased exponentially by this crazy polymer protein thing. And so, and it's sticky and gooey, as we know, because that's what snot is. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> Sarah's getting kind of faint. But like, what's, she really doesn't like snot. But, like, what's the purpose? Though. Is it to, like, stop bacteria? Yeah. And to get yeah, it out. It's to, like, flush it out. Yeah. It, like, grabs it. And you like flush it Like how soap out. grabs particles. And right. And then you disperse yeah. it. Gotcha. But now I know why I have so much snot coming out of my face. Because you're full of bacteria. Isn't that great? You're full of bacteria and protein. And virus. Polymers. Polymers. Yeah. Just use it as glue. Let's t- talk about a different thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. Okay, let's move on. So this podcast, we're going to do a getting to know you because we have Liz coming on. We're going to get to know Liz, although I know her very well. We're going to get to know Sarah, who I know very well. And you're going to get to know me, who you also know very well, kind of, by now, right? Like, if you've been listening. You've been but listening, I should right? know. And I think it's a good idea, though, because it's transitional. Like, I'm coming on. Sarah's not going to be around as much. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Why not just, like, put a put a pin in that? Yeah. Put a pin let's in just it. say, like, hey, who are you? I'm so yeah. podcast dad because I'm leaving my podcast family. Yeah. Uh, do dads do that? 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> That's such a dad thing. And then I'm going to get a new podcast family. And then no. I'm going to like not pay attention to my old podcast family because of my new podcast family. Dad! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Let's talk about it. How did we all meet? Sarah, how do you think we met? Because I'm pretty sure I remember how we met, but I don't know if you remember. I remember the first time I met you, you had a hat on that you made that was an umbrella. And it had... (laughs) (laughs) What? And it had all the different things in it, and you were Inspector Gadget. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. That's actually not a lie. I thought she was making shit up. That hat! so heavy i mounted an umbrella on a hat with like gloves and, and like a, um, a bell whistle a bell horn thing yep. that you could squeeze and yeah. it would go like uh-uh, uh-uh. yeah and like there's a magnifying glass and it was and chris so had bleached hard. his hair blonde he bleached his hair blonde that's when and- i met you too was that the same year I dressed up as Prince and puked all over your... Yes. You bet it was. Oh, I that... met you before then, didn't you I? Knew no. So I believe then. we met at Robertson Lake. Our friends were in Cedar. Organized a bunch of people to go to Robertson Lake. And oddly, you guys came all the way out. And the night I remember meeting you, it was really fun. We were having a great time. And then, like, as soon as dusk hit... All the bugs! The mosquitoes were the worst I've ever experienced in my life. They we were live like, in Canada, yo. That was after... No, 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 no. But you have no idea, man. That was after a big party like, at my house. That okay. was the next day of this huge party I had at my house when we lived in a different house. It was a fucking rager. And I wasn't even there until like midnight because I was actually with Adam Bolt. Hi, Adam Bolt. We were working. Uh, we were at a restaurant working. And so I came home to this like rager and I stayed up all night. Yeah. And then we went to this place. Yeah. But the bugs were literally so bad that as soon as they descended upon us, uh-huh. like uh-huh. scatter everybody, like no one even said goodbye. People were just like zoop, to their cars, gone. like packed yeah. up and gone. And the bugs were still eating me alive in the car because in the moment that the car door was open, the car filled with bugs. Like it was the worst. This but country, I liked you. I thought you were cool. You told me about uh, something about your teeth. That's interesting. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I'm missing some teeth. Yeah. You wouldn't I know have it, other teeth there but, instead. Yeah. I think that's when I met you. I think you, that's the maybe... second time we met. Really? I think I met you at... I definitely met you at that party. Yeah, we met at the party where you were dressed as Prince. That's when we met, and that was a nice... We might have met actually once or twice before then, but that was like the moment that it solidified, because I was like, good God, you have three children, and you really went all out on your costume. Mm-hmm. And I think that I was wearing no costume. Wait a second. Yes, I did. What were you? What were you? I just remembered, because I still have the prop I made. I was Ripley from Alien. Oh, yeah. And I made a face sucker out of some nylons and pink rubber gloves. Yes. I forgot. And I had a curly black wig and high top sneakers. Yes. And a cool, like a a I tried to wear a jumpsuit tank top thing. Yeah. And I probably called people bitch all night. Get away from her, you bitch. Get away from my beer, you bitch. This is really the movies. That's actually in Aliens. Oh, okay. I was Ripley. I was Ripley in Aliens. Yeah, not Alien. That's a mistake. Okay. Second one. Oh, cool. Yeah, I am really into movies. Was super Sorry, into movies. guys. If you're going to continue listening to this podcast, I have a lot movie of references. movie references. You know what, though? It's great because I always forget a movie in its entirety as soon as I've watched it. So Liz <laughs> can tell me about every movie all the time. I'm every like, wow, thing. sounds great. That's like <laughs> a I've never seen that. movie. <laughs> me too. Cool. I watched two movies last night. Wow. Did you really? Yeah, I did. That's a lot of movies. That's why it's the only reason I don't have children. Yeah. So I can watch a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah. 
Really, I'm desperate to have children. Are you really? No. <laughs> no, she's desperate to have movies. Movies. Yeah, I just want movies. <laughs> how did how did you two meet? We met at university. We I did. think with me bumming smokes off of you. <laughs> yeah, because so we went to I was the worst. I was a Christmas graduate of the University of Toronto. Mm. And for all of those people out there, Christmas graduate means when you drop out of oh, December. Oh, drop out, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. So I, we all went to U of T, University of Toronto, and we lived in Whitney Hall, which, if you want to know what that looks like, just watch Goodwill Hunting. Because Hey-o. it's in that movie. We that's basically it. know Matt Damon. That's where you Mini, are Mini Driver. Damon. Yeah. The residence hall that Minnie Driver lives in in that movie is our residence hall. Shut up. Filmed in Toronto, not Boston. No way. And uh, huh. so we lived there, and there was a courtyard, and there was a bench. And there were exactly four people, five people in the entire residence hall that smoked. Me. And we all smoked so much together. Melody. Um. So yeah, we met because we all smoked, and I just like chain smoked. I was miserable and like... What have I done? Because I got homesick super easily. Melody was already like a knew like, how to live away from home because yeah. she'd been to boarding school. And mm-hmm. I was like, I miss my mom. Which was is like, do you have true. a smoke? And I was just chain smoking <laughs> on the thingy. Good okay. Okay. So let's uh, let's uh. Hey, Liz. Let's hey, interview Sarah. Okay, that sounds okay. good. <laughs> oh my god, hot seat. Hey I'm in Sarah, the hot seat. you're in the oh, hot hi. seat. Hi, thanks for having me on. Is this thing on? Is this how we do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're on. Just you're move on. a little bit closer. It's really That's awkward it. having okay. these. Isn't it? Uh, Sarah, uh-huh. tell us something that like our listeners might not know about you. When I was thinking about this, I really struggled because I think I've told everything on the show. <laughs> uh, I thought of something. Sweet. I only started making art of any kind in hold on guys just a sec the first piece of art that basically i ever made was in august 2015 wow wow so So not even four years ago so i only started making art of any kind four years ago i thought not uh, even not even like three and a half years ago i did not if someone said, can you draw, I'd laugh at them and say no. Well, just the other day when I was, or the other day, today I was listening to an old episode of this podcast and you went to the National Art Gallery and you were like, well, I'd never been to an art gallery before. And I was like, yeah. what? But she's such a good artist. Thank you. That was my first time at an art Amazing. gallery. And you liked it. I loved it. I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> Art's so new for me. So anyway, that's something that people don't know about me. And um, I started making art when I was in like a really, really dark pit of depression and disassociative disorder stuff. And physically quite ill. I couldn't eat. I was losing weight. I was like losing hair. Kept hair like passing amazing. out. Thank you. It was really awful. Um, yeah, that sounds- and then I, I sat down with like a, a, I found a tube of paint on the ground outside and I was beside a piece of wood and I just like smeared paint on the piece of wood. And then suddenly I just for a minute was like back attached to reality, like a, the opposite of disassociating. <laughs> you associated? I associated. I was like, <laughs> and it was like suddenly like um, a balloon string, like someone grabbed my balloon string and then and it went away again. But I was like, whoa, I haven't felt that in months and months and months. That's that was amazing. Oh, like you literally found a tube of paint outside and painted it like brought you back to reality. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
And the kids had been like playing with paint outside. So it was like a half like hardened, like shitty tube of paint. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So then I started like doing that. Uh, and it, and then I came out of my depressive state and stuff. It was good. You're a natural. That's so cool. Yeah, that yeah. is really cool. I didn't fucking realize. saved my life. Like, I like, knew. legit. I was, uh, I was ready to peace out. Wow. Sarah? Yeah. Yay. Wow. Art. It makes me sad to know that you were, like, ready to peace out, and I did not realize that you were that <laughs> fucked up. I put on a time. good show. You do. Yeah, I yeah. do. If there's anything I know to be true about Sarah, she puts on a good show. I know. <laughs> yeah. You should see me in the boudoir. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I'm here all night. It's all comedy. <laughs> it's like stand-up comedy. Yeah, so that's something people don't know about me. That's a good one. That is mm-hmm. a good one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also... I don't know if I should divulge this. I also only started tattooing in November, so... <laughs> yeah, but you're really good at it. You're a, Some people are like savants, like with things. They're just really good. They used to call that idiot savant. Yeah. I know, but I didn't you, say I've that been word. called an I'm idiot savant an idiot. a lot, actually. <laughs> they used to call so that idiot savant. <laughs> no, but some people are I've just really that. good at things, and they just are good at them. Mm-hmm. Cool, thank you. I don't think you're I'm an idiot. I'm the Mozart of <laughs> hand poke tattooing. I don't think you're an idiot, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> I like you a lot. Maybe even love you. Wow. Aww. And I'm proud of you. Oh, my Aww. God, Mom! <laughs> she told me she loved me and she was proud of me. I've been waiting my whole life for that. Oh. For Mel to say that to me. I would have said it sooner, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now let's talk tattooing. Okay. Let's talk tattooing. <laughs> tattooing. When... Mm-hmm. Would you say you first became interested in tattooing? Like, has this been kind of like a dream? Or did yeah. you, were you just like, fuck, I'm going to poke some ink in my skin. And then you're like, I'm pretty good at this. Is that <laughs> what happened? That's how I was saying. No, you know, it's a lifelong dream. So when I was in high school, I used to like take a lot of drugs. Yeah. And I had oh, a, yeah. I had like, right on. I was self-medicating. <laughs> I was self-medicating a lot. And I definitely had like severe ADD and stuff. And I tried like self-medicated that shit. So... I would spend a lot of time in class, like, doodling on my body, mm. um, and kids would be like, you should be a tattoo artist. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, because I, I didn't fit into my high school, because I was, like, yeah, weird. I'm gonna. And Yeah. So now I am. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> and I love, I like counterculture, and not that tattoos are counterculture anymore, but. Yeah, right. I'm riding the wave. Yeah. Riding the wave. Hand ride, poke. Ride that wave. Because honestly, like, now I'd have to look this up because I don't know this for sure. But, <laughs> a, but apparently there was a period of time that was similar to this period where basically if you have a beautiful tattoo now, it means you have the money to pay for it. Mm. And there was a period of time way back when before tattoos were taboo and they were like only for sailors right. that people did have tattoos and they were only for rich people. Right. Right. If you could show that you had the money to pay some artist to, to like draw, art your body, to art your body. And mm-hmm. now we're moving back into that. Truth. Yeah. I charge a lot of money. That's good. So you should. I don't. Oh. I don't think I do. How much do you charge an hour? I charge 60 bucks an hour. As I build up my business, which I'm currently doing and like well you're very I, I have a business name i applied for like i have a official business congratulations license and shit so wow. mm-hmm. that's so amazing i'll have to start charging more because it's gonna cost me more because i have to pay for like insurance and taxes mm-hmm. and i like you have to be certified to be a tattoo artist as of 2017 mm. and shit oh. like that 
So, uh, yeah, I always wanted to tattoo, but it didn't seem accessible because it's not really. It's a real, like, boys club. And even with girls, it's like a... And it's hard to get an apprenticeship, right? Really hard. And you usually have to pay for it. And then you just get treated like shit for three years. And you don't learn a whole lot. And you have to be in this environment full of racism and sexism and homophobia. And it's really yucky. And it's really hard to get into. People are like, well, who the fuck do you think you are? So, fuck you. Yeah. So, hand poke. Boom. Yeah. Accessible. Did you start off tattooing yourself? Yeah. I did, like, two stick and poke tattoos on myself. That went on me. (laughs) And then one on Mel. Yeah. Then my first, like, kind of big piece was on Coral Sprule. Hey, Coral. Hey, Coral. We love you. Hi, Coral. Hi, Coral. (laughs) And it was, uh, it's a, a stick with a... A spider web on it. You can go on my Instagram and just scroll Ooh, down that just a, a little one. bit because it was in November. <laughs> <laughs> it's currently, what is it now? April. Yeah. And then people just kept coming and me like, Hey, can you tattoo me? Can you tattoo me? And then I was like, Oh, well, okay. And now I'm booking like a month ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like super organic. Yeah, and That's like amazing. really fast. That's the dream, like, man. It was like I just wanted to look over. Someone was like, "Hey, come look at the view over on this cliff. It's so beautiful. We just hiked up here." And I was like, "Oh, cool. I'll come over and take a look." And then someone was like, "Ha!" And just pushed me off the edge. And I'm like, "Oh, fuck!" So, and then you were like, "I'm flying. I'm I love flying. this shit. Riding that wave. Riding that wave. That's cool." Mm-hmm. So we're all artists. We're all actually here to talk about our visual arts and our little getting we are to all the artists. Good for us. So. We're all broke. <laughs> That's correct. True, true. Do you consider tattoos now like your artistic expression or is it, or is the drawing still that and the tattooing is just like more of a craft for you? Like is the tattooing drawing to you? I guess is what I'm asking. Like is it just another yeah. medium? It's, uh, it is. It's like, um, I do the drawing. Yeah. First of all, there's like this cool thing. And you both get it with your medium because you work with other people. So you're working with some because people aren't like, draw me this picture. They're like, I want a picture like of a tree and it represents like my grandmother and it needs like roots that this and I want this feeling and whatever. Or they're like, I want a bee. Or they're like, you know, I want something that represents like my connection with my daughter. And I'm like, okay, tell me about yourself. And then I have to like invent it. So mm-hmm. there's that creative part that's fun and interesting. And mm-hmm. always at first it was always scary. I was like, fuck, I'm going to work on this thing, send it to them. They're going to hate it. But every single time they're like, oh my God, I love it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> cool. And then you do the drawing. So then there's that. And then you tattoo it, which is fucking totally different. Does it scare you? Okay. I'm not scared. I'm like, cool. What's this going to be like? Right. Like, where it is, like, I did a very awkward position tattoo today, and it's just, like, a pencil. You have to hold it a certain way. Like, you can't just poke any direction. Right. You gotta, like, everyone has their way they like to move their needle or whatever. Right. Uh, So it's fucked, like, trying to figure out how to, like, make a physical body comfortable, but also right. they have to, like, move so you can tattoo, like, the back of their elbow Right, so they'll be like lying with their palms up or something. Yeah, like that. or like yeah, yeah. Everything's always like crazy. Town. And people move and stuff. Uh-huh. The woman who did the my most recent tattoo uh, on all of her Instagram posts, she always says like she often says, "Thanks, Georgia or whatever for today. That was so great." And you sat like a rock. She often yeah. says you sat like a rock. Yeah. 
And then I looked at my Instagram, like her, her Instagram picture of my tattoo. Yeah. She's and it like, just, thanks, Liz. You're fun. It just said, it just said, thanks, Liz. And I was no. like, I was like, did I not sit like a rock? Did oh. I fidget? Was I fidgeting too much? I no. was fidgeting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rib cages are really hard because people, people are breathing. Breathe. Well, the breathing's okay, but when they talk a lot and then they kind of like <gasps> gasp between because you're right. like, chat, chat, chat. And then they laugh <laughs> or they cough and you're like, oh, okay. Oh. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then you hear everyone's whole like life story. You hear, like learn so much. I do it for the friends, man. Yeah. You do, it for, do it for the friends. You do it only for the friends. Only for the friends. Yeah. And the money. And the money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if there's an artist, tattoo or otherwise, that mm-hmm. really inspires you. There's who a tattoo get, who, artist yeah. that I follow that actually influenced my drawing. Like when I started drawing since i had no previous skill or anything about drawing i basically just like copied pictures of things and then like threw them together in ways i liked i was like how do you draw a sheep and i look up someone's drawing of a sheep or how do you draw scissors or whatever right or look up pictures of those things but there's this artist on instagram known as a moth girl Ooh, cool name moth girl she's a hand poke tattoo artist I'm in um and it was even before i was tattooing or even thought about it yeah moth girl she's from new york she is also a dancer for like the new york dance school or whatever like she's, a modern dancer a yeah yeah <laughs> really cool modern dance she's cool. so cool and beautiful and her girlfriend is like the handsomest woman i've ever seen and yep. i'm in love with all her tattoos Cool, cool. And I'm in love with them, and she doesn't even know I exist, but I like all her stuff, and uh, she charges $200 an hour. Wow. Oh. And you gotta, New it's York worth City it. rent is fucking a lot. That's yeah. what I heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's just so cool. Like, she's just everything to me. <laughs> <laughs> I See you, Greg. Bye, Greg. <laughs> Melody. Yeah. Tell us something that nobody knows about you. You know what? I honestly, I feel like I've given all my good stuff away. Well, I have like a weird childhood psychological thing. Tell me. Okay. When I was like, um, okay, so my brother's really cute. So I was probably like six. We were driving home from the one of a kind show because my parents were both craftspeople. And so we mm-hmm. did like the mm-hmm. one of a kind and all the tr- uh, Big craft shows. shows, trade shows sort of later on. But at that time, I think it was more craft shows. And I literally like, I don't know why I had this thought, but I was in the backseat of the car. No car seat because we didn't do that then. That yeah. wasn't a thing. Car that was are for not pussies. a thing. And I remember leaning my head against this back of the seat in front of me <gasps> and thinking to myself, I wish, oh, fuck. It's so bizarre. Like, I literally thought I wish that I had like a car accident story because I felt like my friends all had car accident stories or something. But I like I literally wished for a car accident and then a tractor trailer wheel went through our windshield Fuck and off. almost blinded my sister. But oh my I God. all I got was glass on my boots because my head was up against the seat in front of me. And it was right thinking after about you thought it? car accidents. Yeah, oh my God. fucked. I felt really guilty after that for a long time. And you carried the guilt around for a long time too, right? For a really long time. And I had a complex that. for like years and years that I never told my parents about. Like I didn't tell my parents any of this until later because I thought it was my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because it was. Uh, yeah. I would wish, I would always in my head tell myself the opposite of what I wanted yeah. for everything. Or like, um, you just like petrified like, to, for, to ask for what I wanted. Because then head. it would be bad. Yeah. When were you first interested in this? As a kid? Later? How did you get into photography, tattooing, painting? Now that's what. <laughs> When did you start Slick. get things <laughs> as a kid? <laughs> when did you start like art thing? When did you know like, hey, I want to be a painter? What's up? Um, What's up, girl? So I've always made art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I've just not since always. 2015. No, I started circa 1983. <laughs> wow, cool, cool. Uh, I mean, I was two. I don't know. I Do you remember there. like the first like art piece you made that you were like, yeah, I made this. No, but I have a Christmas ornament I made in junior kindergarten, mm-hmm. and it's a teddy bear like cutout. It's like stuffed with cotton batting, mm-hmm. and the teddy bear's face—I gotta tell you—it's fucking good, man. I There's bet. like perspective in the face. It's like the face is three quarter turned, the eye that's further away is smaller, and I, wow. I remember at the time a kid looking at it being like, "This is garbage," <gasps> and, but looking at it as an adult, I'm like, "No, man." I knew how to draw faces. You already <laughs> understood <amazing>. perspective. <laughs> you got to post that. But yeah, no, I've always made art and it's been a really big part of my like identity and mm-hmm. self-worth for a really long time. Mm-hmm. You're uh, very good at it. So that's you. good sure that it's part of your identity and self-worth because when I good. don't make art, it like leads me down a bad path. Mm-hmm. But kind of like, like drugs. <laughs> well, and prostitution. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Cool. I, I remember that. It was a yeah. dark period for me. Dark now. time. Dark time. <laughs> dark time. She made a lot of money. Spent it on drugs. Okay, so you always knew. You always knew. And then you went to art school. That's true. I was That's there. True. Yeah, it's just always been been a thing that I do. So it's always been a thing you do. How did you decide slash how did you actually do it to start making money with your art? Right. Like both of those things. Because I've struggled with that, and I guess we'll talk about that later in yeah. my part. Yeah, but like come on, Liz. doing the thing <laughs> doing the thing for money right mm-hmm. because that can make it kind of shitty mm-hmm. and like annoying and and like work it so can. how did you make the decision and then like how did you do it well after i graduated from art school in toronto i was managing a store in toronto called ziggy's at home hey julie if you're listening you're not but if you we are, talk hey. about it a lot yeah yeah because managing nice store. is really hard and it's also a really cool store both of those things are true Mm-hmm. So, but I was finding I wasn't making art and I was feeling really down on myself about the fact that I wasn't doing it. And I thought, you know, like I need assignments. And so I, and I didn't want to accumulate more stuff because I lived in Toronto apartments, like little Victorian houses that are divvied into like four apartments. You have no closets. Mm-hmm. No closets. Ever. P.S. If and you haven't hot. lived in Toronto. That's why everyone's out in Toronto. Like, <laughs> no closets. Oh. <laughs> <Hey-o>. <laughs> it took me a second. <laughs> So I thought, like, I can paint and draw from a picture and make it look like the picture. So for now, I'll just do that so that I'm doing something. Like, I remember uh, running I into Like, this- when you say assignments, you mean, like, private commissions. Well, I figured that was the best, the closest proximity to having school assignments, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. And I remember running into an art store and, like, I don't know. I was just like feeling kind of depressed. And I ran into this artist, Julie Voice, who does really cool print work. She does a lot of silk screening. Um, I don't know what she's up to lately, but like Julie Voice, look her up. She's really cool. She's like a wild and Voice, crazy gal. Like, like out of your mouth? It's V-O-Y-C-E. Okay. She does crazy, crazy work. Like, but she's so 
cool. Like she just, she's older than we are. I don't know how old she is. It doesn't really matter, but she's been making art a long time. Mm -hmm. And she just is always doing new stuff. She always has a bunch of stuff on the go. And I ran into her at an art supply store and I was like, oh, Julie, like I'm really struggling with making art. And she was like, Melody, you're too good of an artist to not be making art. And I was like, oh my God, Julie's yeah. breaking my heart. But also that's very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I I just felt like I had to find a way to keep doing it. And yeah. and for me, I was really busy. So I was like, I need money. Yep. <laughs> I need people to pay me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's And you like to doing. buy stuff. Yeah, I, I like to buy stuff <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I also like to buy things. That was a really oh, yeah. good answer, Melody. That was like Really made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So I made it. Okay. So what did I do? I made a website and started putting my shit on there. I did a lot of stuff for free for people in the beginning to like oh, build man. a portfolio. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. how I did it. Yeah, build that portfolio. Yeah, and then start charging enough. And actually, now I'm at the point where I can look at my website and I can be like, I didn't like how that turned out, and I can take it off the website. <laughs> so. Um, how do you like keep your creative juices flowing? As <laughs> well, they say. I really like to keep my juices flowing. <laughs> <laughs> They're flowing right now. <laughs> Out your nose. <laughs> and oh. my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Just you get guys. right in there. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. Uh well, because I work for other people primarily. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. People send me their ideas, like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Although I, I work a lot, like just from photographs, so it's not as like adventurous and interesting. I don't think is what you're doing. No, but, but it is. You're but, like, how am I going to execute this? How am I going like, to interpret this person? Mm-hmm. Well, I pretty much interpret it like the picture. <laughs> <laughs> but but like this thing happens when I paint people or draw mm-hmm. them, where I like I fall in love with them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that happens to me when I yeah. photograph people. Absolutely. Like I really, I like, I get to know every crevice of their face so well that I like, like staring I really, into their eyes, like develop everyone's beautiful, right? Feelings for them. Yeah. Wait, but, like everyone's beautiful in a different way. And so that's actually really energizing. And there's this time, like this moment where you're painting, where for me, it's usually when I go in and put like some black details around the eyes and some white highlights. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like electricity yeah. between me and the painting. And yeah. That, yeah. Uh, it's so weird and you're thing crushing hard. I'm crushing hard. She's, I have a question. She's yeah. in love with my are you, young stepdad. Are you young? Dave. You're currently painting a picture of my dog. I am. Are you crushing on my dog? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. She's got this whole like sad clown thing. Liz was telling me a story the other day about how she was walking the dog, and someone was like, "Your dog looks sad." <laughs> she's a mastiff. They all look sad. Yeah, they have droopy faces. Yeah, she can't <laughs> so, help it. Leave her she, alone. Even when she's really happy, she's like. She's got like yeah. a doleful look in her eye that's really kind of charming. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm falling like, in love with Gertie. It's happening. JM is so obsessed with that painting already because okay. I've shown him a picture. <laughs> and then his friend, I showed him that painting, and he was like, "Oh my god, I love it so much!" And he's like perpetually single and kind of crazy. He goes, "Is this woman single?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I said, "No, she's married with two children." And he said, "Shit, oh, me? I thought he meant Gertie." No, he meant you. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant Gertie. Which friend was it? Richard. How oh, cute Richard. Is he? He's fun. <laughs> Richard's fun. Yeah. Well, oh, Richard. In another, in another realm, Richard. In another realm. <laughs> and and another I, when I have time, which is hard with kids, like kids are a real, like I love my kids, but they're a real downer in terms yeah. of. And their like, time suck. 
yeah, like your artistic productivity. Like, I think it's really useful when you're working as an artist to have different stuff going on at the same uh-huh. time because it keeps you kind of on your toes and it helps you like sometimes, um, especially with drawings because they're so detailed. I get so zeroed in on little details that I kind of miss the bigger picture. Right. And Can't when you're see able the forest to- for the trees. Yeah. So when you're able to work on different things at once, it keeps your mind fresh. Like mm. it keeps you on your toes and then you can see things anew, you know, mm. and you can mm. be like, oh yeah, that looks fucked up right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you leave and then come back. It's like giving it space kind of. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Keep That's those smart. juices flowing. I even find like when I'm tattooing, I can't like when I'm done the tattoo, I'm like, I can't see it. Yeah. And it's not like I'm looking at it, but I can't see it. And yeah. then I have to like turn around and like, do some shit and whatever, whatever. And it's actually often like the person leaves and then after like an hour, I go back and look at the photos I've taken. And I was like, wow, that's so great. There it is. <laughs> but like I had been, sta- you know, you stare, you probably with your pictures, you, know, with yeah. your, you stare at the thing for so fucking long that it's just like the thing. Yeah. You can't like see it. I yeah. do that for color. Well, I do that for a couple of things. So like if I'm working for a client and I import all my pictures and I uh, edit them. So first I select them which is different from editing so i like choose the one i want yeah yeah um because you have like thousands thousands. of shots for for a wedding i'll have thousands yeah that's insane so i'll do one selection and Mm -hmm. that it might be like 700 images and then i'll go back two days later and look at them all again Mm -hmm. i'll do another selection like 400 and it'll be like 400 which is a reasonable amount of pictures to give for an eight hour day i never like to do more than 400 because more than it's that insane. it's ridiculous yeah. also 400 is insane liz because you edit those too yeah well i use like i have a really pretty streamlined system so oh, okay. i use lightroom i don't have to open them individually okay, okay most professional photographers are working with this like very streamlined workflow before i got lightroom and a better computer i opened each picture individually yeah yeah this is when i first started doing weddings and i didn't really know how to do it right. efficiently and so then when i edit the pictures i edit them and then I like leave it for a couple of days and then yeah. I go back and I look at them again for like color and stuff. Cause one day I might be like, Oh, those are all magenta. And then I'll take away the magenta and then I'll go back and I'm like, Oh my God, they're way too green now. You know what I right. mean? So like you keep on having, cause your eyes get like tired. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So you have to keep on like leaving. Ooh, I just hit myself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> you have to keep on going back and forth. Yeah. Actually, Sarah, just quickly hot tip. Cause I, I, I was listening to these. Just the um, tip. Just the tip. Uh, these tattoo podcasts a little mm-hmm. bit when mm-hmm. I was like, I could do this. I can learn to tattoo while I'm doing all these other things and I still <laughs> have a kid at home and I can't. But I was listening to some podcasts and they're talking about how important it is to take care of your eyesight, take care of your hands. And yes. they were saying that it's a good idea to have a spot that's like, you know, across the room where you periodically stop looking at the tattoo and look at that and like allow your eyes to focus and then go back smart have you guys heard of the 2020 rule no they do this for office workers because i also have an office job i work part-time at a university you 2020 means you look at something this is when you're in front of a screen all day yeah you look at something that's 20 feet away for 20 seconds every 20 minutes Okay. And that's just to save your eyesight when you're looking at a computer. So you could do the same thing for a tattoo because it's only 20 seconds. So you're like, I have 20 feet. My studio is like five feet. (laughs) But I mean, even five feet, you could still look further away, you know? Mm -hmm. 20, 20, 20. Cool. Cool. I want to keep these eyes. Well, because it's important. And your hands too, right? Your hands. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what 
you should do for your hands, but take care of them. Mm-hmm. I have You've only tunnel. got one pair. Do you? Mm-hmm. You have what? Carpal tunnel. Uh, from what? I don't know. Computers. Computering. Yeah. My one one of my hands is fucked up from knitting. Ugh. I didn't even knit that much. I knit for like a year. <laughs> and it, yeah, knitting like, is a scourge on our society. It's taken over all if of I this. I really never like it. Seventeen-year-old but... boy on a bus knitting. I'm gonna fucking <laughs> punch oh him in the face. I would date that boy if it was if I was How married. How funny is that? Seventeen-year-old boy punch him right in the face. I'd be like, ah, yeah. That's why we're different, but the same. Aww. <laughs> Aww. I don't know what the same part is, but the noticing the boy knitting. Yeah, I I would be charmed. I crush uh, on him. I, I crush him. I <laughs> Sarah wants to crush him with her fist. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sarah's got to go to her party. I am. We love you, Sarah. Bye. Sarah's going to go to a party. I'm sorry. I'm going to a party. So, Sarah. Sarah, I love you. I love you. And you. And you. 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 (laughs) Oh, well, the next question that we have here on our little listies that we sometimes make if someone else was starting out, how would you suggest they get going to make money with art? Yeah. Here's the thing. Really hard to make money with art. No. So <laughs> it's not a cash cow? No. Uh, so what I do now, I consider it honestly more craft because I'm reproducing photos. and like, yeah, it's art, but I'm not like, it's not like art of passion. I'm making yeah, I hear you. commercial what- goods for yeah. people. Yeah. So if you want to do that, remember, you probably need another job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't quit your job. But if you have something that you're good at, and that you're efficient at doing, efficiency is key. Go with that. What you're efficient at, I think that's the path you need to follow. Spoken like a true capitalist, you know. (laughs) Um, But if you want to make art for your heart, (laughs) there's a there's a little little textbook called The Practical Handbook for the Emerging Artist by Margaret R. Lazari. The edition I have is from like, you know, 18 years ago, whenever Liz and I met. It was $50.95 at the time. Because you bought it at the U of T bookstore for a class, probably. Probably. It's like fucking $50. It's like Academic 330 books. pages, 50 bucks. Academic oh, books are cover. always expensive yeah, because they're like small runs. Yeah. But it's a really great book and it actually really lays out like this is the shit you need to do to get your work shown. This is what you need to do to like get out there to network. It's the whole kink Is it still relevant? I haven't read it in a long time, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have newer editions would be my guess. They have artist interviews, so they talk to different practicing artists and... um and they talk about like the business end. They tell you how to find a studio. Like it's all really practical information. Like the dummy's guide to being an artist professionally. Interesting. Read that book. I think I want to because you can uh, borrow it. Here, I'll give it to you right now. Wow, <laughs> thanks. So, Liz. I'd love to talk to you about photography. Let's do it. We did a whole episode, but we didn't really talk about like how you got into it and how you stay in it and why do you do it? You know, like we talked more about technical. Yeah, no, that was about like how to take good pictures or big good selfies. Yeah. So go for it. Let's start. Ask me a question. So 
when would you say you first became involved in photography or interested in doing it? Has this been a thing that's been going on since you were a kid? I don't remember why I was so obsessed with photography. All I remember is I would see f- like lots of fashion magazines and I've, I've always really been into movies. And so I would read movie magazines and they'd always have, they would always have great portraits of, um, the actors. You know, I loved all that kind of editorial stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so I just loved visual imagery. I've never been driven to paint or draw, although I have taken classes and I've never been very good at it. But that is actually something I would like to start doing more of is painting and drawing, even though I'm no good. Uh, you know, I did have an art teacher once and I think this is totally true. And I've probably said this to you before. Anybody can draw or paint. You have to learn how to see. So if you learn how to see the world around you in a way where you can then transpose it with another medium, mm-hmm. that's what you have to learn. Yeah, totally. And I bought this book called Drawing on the Right Hand of the Brain, which is which the premise is anybody can be a good drawer. You just have to be mm-hmm. taught it. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to do that. And then I only did the first three exercises, which were draw a portrait of yourself. That portrait is classic. <laughs> we should put that up on the Instagram. We're going to put that on the Instagram. <laughs> so I drew a picture of myself, a picture of someone I knew from memory, and then a picture of a hand. And you were supposed to draw these three things. And then after you were done the whole book of exercises, you do those three things again. So you have a before and after. And I never did anything else past the first three exercises. I don't know. I was just really drawn to visual things. I was drawn to film. I was drawn mm. to... uh photography and magazines because i was a big consumer of magazines and like i loved vanity fair and i loved like premiere magazine these are like really like good magazines from the 90s and then when i was 16 i got a pentax k1000 which is like classic starter film camera i didn't even know how to open the back to put the film in my dad called the camera store and was like uh yeah my daughter just bought a pentax from you and we don't know how to open it to get the film in and you like (laughs) have to pop up the film winder on the top right to like make the back open right we didn't know that we were like (laughs) how do you even open this so i got that and i started taking pictures and i wasn't bad and then i applied time came for me to go to university and and i was going to apply to ocad and my mom saw that this is a blessing in disguise i think yeah because my mom saw it and she was really mad because my mom's a traditional lady she's from england she was a nurse and she was mad because I had good school, good grades in school. Like I was good at math, good at science. And she was like, Liz is really smart. You want to go to art school? school? What? Like, what the fuck? OCAD, uh, Ontario College of Art and Design. And so I took it off. I erased it. She was mad. So I took it off and I put something else. I went to U of T for international relations and like modern languages. And I was taking Spanish and Russian. Oh, yeah, Russian. I remember that. When I met Melody. Yeah. yeah. And then I hated it and I dropped out. Yeah. And because I dropped out and I was miserable, my mom, I told my mom I wanted to go to Ryerson, which is a university in Toronto, for photography. And she was like, fine, you just dropped out of the other place. So I got in. I had I applied. I got a, I had yeah. a portfolio and they let me in. Yeah. Like no question, no wait list, no nothing. I was, just got in. Was Ryerson at university at the time? Because yes. Ryerson and OCAD are both universities now. So OCAD is a university now. Ryerson was just barely a university okay. when I went. Previously, it was a polytechnical institute. Right. Right. So now it's a university. Yeah. And I have a degree. And people are always like, you have a whole degree in photography. Like, fuck yes, I do, bitches. Yes. <laughs> That's you what have you a say hole. every time. And then I say, you have a whole degree in medicine. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it was really hard. It took a long time. 
yeah, I don't know. That's how it happened. I just like loved it. And I mean, I have had my ups and downs with art and like work and stuff for the last 20 years, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I've always loved it and I've like been making stuff, if not very much, always forever. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. So then, and how did you make the transition from photography being something you liked to being a professional, like a vocational thing for you? I mean, you went to Ryerson. Is that what jumpstarted? Did you go to Ryerson thinking like, I want to make a living making pictures? Or were you like, I want to be better at pictures? I went thinking I was going to make a living at pictures. And then my life kind of derailed a little bit in Toronto. And Melody, you know all about this, but I won't go into detail. I had a horrifyingly bad relationship that I don't even know how I got through university. Oh my god, we should have some sort of relationship episode to tell the whole story. Oh my god, the whole awful story. I had a really bad relationship. I still managed to graduate and graduate on time and all that bullshit. But like, I I think looking back since it's been, you know, 12 years since I graduated, 13 years since I graduated university, I think I might have had a little like PTSD because my relationship was so bad. And I had it during school. And then I moved to Korea without even without without even thinking about it. I just like, I gotta go to Korea and teach English. And then I moved back. And then the relationship was totally over. And then there were all sorts of like crazy mid to late 20s ups and downs where I just wasn't taking pictures because I was miserable and like depressed. And I thought it was just over my life. Like my photographic life was over forever. Yeah. And then I don't even know what happened. But I was like, I think I should start doing this again. And because I hadn't left school and immediately gotten on the track of like getting an internship in Toronto or like shooting for a magazine which a lot of people from my year did do stuff. And now they're doing really cool professional stuff. Uh, so I just kind of got it back into it like slowly and on my own, like having whatever Joe jobs I had living in Kingston. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, well, how do kind of regular non-editorial, non-commercial photographers. And when I say editorial and commercial, I mean like people shooting for magazines, people shooting for ads. Yeah. Like, like shooting food and shit. Shooting food, shooting cars, shooting movie actors, movie yeah. actors. What's like 1940. Movie actors. <laughs> like, oh, fancy. 1942. Hey, he was in a talkie. <laughs> <laughs> shooting actors, that sort of thing. Like, uh, that's the kind of stuff I thought I wanted to do. And I still, I mean, of course I would love to do that. Yeah. I don't live in a big city. It's not realistic. I'm never going to do that. Yeah. But 10 years ago, I thought, well, how does a person living in a relatively small town, make money with photography and that's through weddings like private commissions weddings kids and so i just started doing it i did things like offer to shoot people's weddings for free like yours (laughs) it's a wedding gift (laughs) (laughs) no it it totally was totally was but i was still given like it's hard to because weddings are quite important to people for good reason yeah it's really hard to get into weddings because people don't want to um rely on like a newbie Right. They're because yeah. they want to have nice photos. But luckily, you already knew that I wasn't totally talentless. <laughs> um, no, you're amazing. And so it worked out okay. And so, it, like yours, Rowan, shout out to Rowan. Rowan let me shoot her wedding. Um, hey, Rowan. Hey, Rowan. Your wedding was great. And a few other people who were like, sure, I, okay, I guess. And then it just kind of snowballed, right? Right. But there's with digital now, yeah. there's so many photographers out there. There's yeah. so many wedding photographers out there. It is incredibly hard to make a living as a wedding photographer because the market is saturated. Isn't that true of every market, though? It's so depressing. There's just too many people in the world doing stuff. There's so many people. (laughs) 
Oh, I feel so disposable sometimes, you know? Yeah. So that's how I do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you have an interesting aesthetic that's not the same as everybody else, which I think is important. Yeah. You do this thing with Vera Maleva? Yeah. Is that her name? Yeah. I think it's like... You're a Meliva. Meliva. But then she told me that I wasn't saying, I was like, I'm trying to say your name better. And she was like, if you're not saying Vecha, then I don't even hear it. Cause I'm like, she's originally Bulgarian. Like she's born in Bulgaria. We're, spo- we're supposed to call her Vetch? No, that's like how you'd say it in Bulgarian. Oh. Yeah. Wow. But nobody calls her that anyway. Cause we're all Canadian. Right. Anyway, so Viara and I, so we shoot mostly separately, but we have the same ethos and the similar styles. Yeah. Where we do take beautiful pictures of people on their wedding day, because it's nice, but we also are kind of gonzo about it, right? Like, really intense, drunk people, dancing people, funny things, you know, quirky things. Our joint kind of Instagram and website is called Quirky Love, because it's like quirky weirdos, you know? Yeah. Because we- what I like about the work you guys do together, well, and the work you do on your own, is that you're really capturing the personality of the people involved, the feeling of the event. Like, it's almost more documentary in a lot of ways, this style of photography you guys are doing. Yeah, is for that sure. accurate? Would you say that's accurate? I would say that's accurate because we, we do almost no scripted kind of moments. We will do group photos of your family and of you and your partner together, for sure. But like we don't um, set design or orchestrate pretty much anything else. Yeah. And so, but the word documentary is bandied about a lot in the world of wedding photography. They're like, I am a documentary wedding photographer. And then you'll look up a documentary wedding photographer and you'll see that they take a ton of photos of like obviously staged things. Right. And in our opinion, that's not the definition of a documentary wedding photographer. So we try and we, we want to inject some like life and some humor right. and some personality yeah. into these photos because every wedding is interesting and different. And so rather than ensuring that we have the exact same shot of like flowers or the rings or shoes or whatever bullshit people are doing, yeah, we've got some stuff that you'll remember because it was unique to your own wedding. Right. And it wasn't like part of a trend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But the word documentary is used so much that it's almost lost its meaning. Right. You know? Yeah. In that wet in the wedding field. So. So. I mean, wedding photography is a whole thing. It's how whole do you thing. keep creative? Like how do you keep yourself engaged with what you're doing? Do it's you? Hard. It's hard. It can be yeah. hard sometimes. <laughs> because um, you know, I am usually friendly with all my clients, you know. I wouldn't say that I'm like best friends with them all. A lot of photographers in their marketing will be like do I fall in love with every bride I photograph? I do. Do we become best friends? Yes. Do I cry at your wedding? Yes. <laughs> and like, if that's genuine and real, that's really nice. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I would say that I am super friendly with my clients. My clients are usually the people who gravitate towards the kind of work that I do are usually really relaxed and easygoing. And so mm-hmm. we do become friends. Maybe not like forever friends and we have each other over for dinner but like we're you know friendly we're friends you know there's like there's like a nice connection there but it's also really exhausting and Mm -hmm. so it can be hard to stay engaged and i do work really hard at that because as much as everyone wants to admit that their wedding is special and different the fact of the matter is is that weddings can be as much as i like the work 
can be repetitive. Right? What? <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, my clients are usually really awesome people who I like and I'm like, I have a good time at weddings. The parties are really fun. The people are usually really nice. But they are essentially, they do often follow a very, you know, they're pretty routine. And so I think the way you stay kind of engaged is to like be looking for those interesting characters at weddings, you know, right? the uncle, the aunt, the kids, like the people um, that you actually are kind of falling in love with at the wedding. Yes. And Viara told me this about some other photographer that she heard it from, but I don't remember who that was. So I'm just going to attribute this to Viara, but full disclosure, Viara heard it somewhere else <laughs> about how you have a muse at every shoot you do. Yeah. So if you're doing a family shoot of a family of five, you might like really fall in love with like the the girl, the little girl. And you're yeah. like, oh, and you know, you kind of follow her around a little more because she's funny or quirky or yeah. does cute things. Yeah. And at a wedding, it can be the same. Oftentimes, it's the bride and groom. And of course, and it's not always bride and groom. I hate that about wedding kind of photography. That you're supposed to focus just on those people. Well, that you're supposed to focus them on them, but also like I just did it. Just there, I said bride and groom. A lot of wedding advertising talks about brides and grooms right we just say couples we try to just say couples because yeah, it's good. like brides and brides grooms and grooms non-binary person and non-binary person you know like yeah. we try and just say couples but it's easy to fall into the trap as i just did right um sometimes the muse of the wedding isn't necessarily one of the couples right obviously you spend more time with them because they're your clients and you want to take lovely pictures of them together right and you do but sometimes there's like some hilarious friend who right. just does funny things and they just draw your eye the whole night and you like have a lot of pictures of them, you know? Yeah. And that's like, that's how you keep things lively is like finding the, the like interesting piece of everyone. Well, and you know, like at a party, there's always like the people who are kind of the center of attention and the party kind of revolves around them a little bit. Like they yeah. bring the energy and people gravitate towards yeah. them. And I'm sure you get a Sarah's lot of- Sarah's one of those people. She absolutely- Sarah's one of those people. <laughs> I've been known to wear a jumpsuit once or twice. Uh, everybody, did you know that Sarah's one of those people? <laughs> Sarah, if you're listening. <laughs> She's not. <laughs> um, but yeah, that makes sense. You'd be looking for like the light in the room. Yeah, honestly, yeah. They just draw your eye. And so obviously you're caught in this like, you do your work, yeah, and sometimes and your craft, as you mentioned, it's like craft. You're like, I'm gonna cover. I'm gonna get coverage of people. I want to photograph as many of the people here because they are the guests. They are the guests of this couple, and you know, you want to make sure you get all those people in if you can. You know, yeah. sometimes people don't want their pictures taken, but then you also want to mix in your artistic expression, and yeah. it's a it's a combination of the two: the craft and the art. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone that really inspires you or anyone whose work, I don't know, is like a sort of a beacon for you? Like photography wise or just Photography anywhere? or anyone. I mean, art is art, right? Yeah, that's true. So I don't, I don't follow any wedding photographers on Instagram or Facebook. I don't look at wedding photographs for yeah. the most part, except for yeah. mine. <laughs> because I don't think that's where the interesting photos are being made. This is going to sound kind of mean-spirited or something. But if you have a very fancy wedding with a beautiful venue that's beautifully lit and covered in flowers and the couple are wearing expensive clothes and they're beautifully made up, it's easy to take nice pictures of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. To just like photograph this like beautiful set design, basically. And so 
I'm not my my uh, clients always look great and like have nice venues too. But I think the key to taking interesting wedding photographs is to not think of them as wedding photos, right? To like think of them as interesting photos. Yeah. I'm kind of rambling here, but so I don't look at wedding photos very much on Instagram. And I think a lot of my inspiration often comes from movies because I watch so many movies, right? Movies are essentially photographs 24 times a second. Uh Uh (laughs) Um, So there's some directors that I really like. Terrence Malick. Don't know who that is. Uh, Can you name a film? Tree of Life. He's made some movies. Uh, Okay. New World. You can Google him. Okay. He For a long time, he only made like a movie every like five years. And so up until a couple of years ago, he only had like 11 movies in his like 30 year history. So <laughs> Terrence Malick's movies are really boring and really long, but they're really beautiful. The art direction's really beautiful. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just like, I just stare at them, but I don't care about the narrative. There's almost none anyway. <laughs> you watched Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, right? The Swedish one? Yeah. Yeah. The art direction. Like, the sets in that movie. I remember watching with our friend Nikki Roshan. Uh, Nikki Kaiser, Roshan! Kaiser. Nikki Roshan Kaiser! Woo woo, Nikki! <laughs> um, we'll have her on. She's a barrel of laughs. Oh, she sure is. Uh, but I remember watching with her when we were roommates, and we were like, oh my god, I want my whole life to look like this. Because <laughs> everything... It was kind of like Elf. You know an Elf? How everything's whitewashed? Yeah. It's like... um, Like, everything was white. And whitewashed. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. I just watched that movie again because it's on Netflix. And I fast forwarded the horrifying rape scene. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And yeah, it's very like what we think of as Scandinavian it is. Um, furniture. And, but like, stuff. doesn't it make you want to redo your whole house all white? It <laughs> made me want to. Yeah, it does. There is something really attractive about that. So Anywho. yeah, stuff like that for sure. Um, Denis Villeneuve. He's from Quebec. Okay. And he made, like, Canadian and Canadian-European movies for a few years. And then the Americans got a hold of him and were like, hey, this is a talented man. And so he's made a bunch of big Hollywood movies. So he made Prisoners, Sicario, Blade Runner 2049, which blew my mind. And I've watched, like, three times since then, and I'm obsessed with it. Uh, Is that a newer Blade Runner? Yeah. There's. Do you like science fiction? Yeah. So there's Blade Runner from 1984 or 83, I can't yeah. remember what year, with Harrison Ford. Okay, yeah. And uh, that's pretty cool looking. Uh-huh. I think it was Ridley Scott who did that. And then Denis Villeneuve directed Blade Runner 2049. It's really good. Okay. It's a bit heavy-handed in terms of some of the storyline, but who cares about storyline when it looks that good? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Denis Villeneuve's amazing. He's not making story- and movies right now because I think he wants to take a break, and I'm like, oh, man, well, I guess you gotta, like, not get burnt out or whatever. Yeah. One day we'll be able to just take a break from my taking kids. a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also really like photographers like um, Bruce Davidson. What does he do? He does like street photography. He did a really famous subway photo book from New York in the 1980s. That was all did flash. You, who did? I remember you had an like an art book that was. It was a lot of. Um, how do I say this without sounding like an asshole? <laughs> like uh good nan golden yeah i'm thinking of nan yeah. golden yeah, like a lot of in new york in the 80s yeah. like game drag queens but like yeah drag trans- queens was drag it drag queens? queens yeah those were okay. her friends like so trans it, women it, a lot yeah uh, and like they're partying hard like it was so like money mascara and like kind yeah. of a mess but like so visceral yeah yeah so nan golden um 
Bruce Davidson. Oh, fucking, I can't remember his first name. Fucking. <laughs> Is it also Bruce? I think his name's also Bruce. Bruce Gilden. So they do really like hardcore, edgy, pretty, like sometimes kind of ugly stuff uh that i also like to do at weddings obviously i can't make it too ugly because people don't want that i know if you're like can you remove that from your website like me (laughs) (laughs) but like people really raw stuff people like not unaware that the camera's there but kind of and just real life shit that's real documentary photography I would really advise to like try and do something to make your work stand out in some way. Yeah. I think for any medium that you're working in, this sounds really lame, but I think it's really important to stay true to yourself, stay true to what like brings you, like what makes you passionate about what you're doing? What do you enjoy doing? And that's what you go with. Like, what are you good at? What do you like? Go with that, man. Yeah. I would totally agree with you because people can see that you enjoy it. Yeah. And, and it's a real racket. Like being an artist, a working artist, you have to fucking haul ass. You have to work your ass off. All the time. So. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, folks, that was the end side. The, the, defe- the defeater <laughs> voice. No, but I think it's really important to stay true to what you like. Like you're saying, yeah. you know what? Like people want these perfect little wedding pictures, like on the Pinterest and whatever, but you do what you like to do mm-hmm. and people come to you because they like it. And same with Sarah tattooing. She has her own style that she does. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do hyper realistic shit. I mean, she kind of, anyway, she does line work, right? Um, and she does the kind of drawing that she enjoys and people come to her for her kind of drawing. People yeah. come to me for like the kinds of portraits I do. People come to you for the kind of pictures that you do. Yeah. It's really important to know yourself, know what you make, know what you're good at. It's branding, right? Yeah, exactly. And no. like take the path of least resistance, do what you love and do it well. It's true. I totally agree with you. And I think if you try and, like, make yourself into, like, the cookie-cutter kind of wedding photographer or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you're just going to get those clients, and then you won't like your job. Yeah. Because you're yeah. like, oh, this isn't working out how I thought it would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it'll be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's we've tough. really taught you a lot, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> From the grandmothers. <laughs> We're so old. We're so old. <laughs> 87 and counting. We're both 37 right now. Oh my God. Happy yeah. belated birthday, Liz. Liz Thank just you. had a birthday. I did. I don't have a present for you. I'm such an asshole. It's fine. Nobody did. <laughs> my husband never knows what my birthday is. Liz, what have you been listening to? Oh, what have I been listening to? So, uh, so I listened to, this is a classic, classic, classic. Yeah. Listen to WTF with Mark Marin. Yeah. I've I have been... a crush on him. Oh, well, this isn't home, so I can say that. <laughs> so I've been listening to Mark Maron for years. He started podcast. He started podcasting when like people didn't even like barely even knew what podcasting yeah. was. And in his garage. In his garage. He still podcasts from his garage, but just a nicer one now because yeah. he's richer. Yeah. Um, he made money podcasting. He makes a fuck ton of money podcasting. Yeah. And he just had his thousandth episode. Oh, and it was my just- God. One thousand? Yep. Holy and he- shit. And it was just him and his producer. And they were really adorable because he didn't interview anyone. Although I suppose he kind of interviewed his producer. Yeah. But you, we hardly ever hear from his producer. Yeah. But they're I've like buds. The they're, and their podcast is unique. They're not part of a network. 
It's not highly. He's pre- indie. It's just Mark and Brendan. Holy That's shit! It. Mark Marin is my. I stand him. Yeah. So it's just Mark and Brendan, and because we haven't heard that much from Brendan over the past several years, like you hear bits and pieces, like when Barack Obama was on the show, Brendan was on to talk about like how. They made that happen and stuff. Barack Obama. Jesus Christ. I know, right? (laughs) But it was cool to hear from Brendan's perspective because Brendan called it. He said it several times on air for the thousandth episode. He's like, well, my show. He calls it his show because basically, I mean, he knows that it's Mark and Mark is like the star and it's Mark's show, but like it's both of their shows. It's a totally collaborative thing. But I loved hearing this other guy take ownership ownership of it because basically Mark does it and he works all of his magic with the people. But then he sends it to Brendan. Brendan produces it. He edits it. Totally. Mark Marin is the podcast dad. Yeah. Like, not unlike Sarah, yeah. who's leaving us for and then, another woman. And you are the Brendan. I'm Brendan. And he, like, molds it and shapes it. And Mark will say, ooh, it doesn't really come into being until, like, the 25-minute mark. They were pretty nervous or whatever. Yeah. You know, but it's a fully collaborative effort, which yeah. I loved. And they just do it, the two of them. That's so cool. And he, like, bought his first house with that podcast. Wow. Brent, Brendan did. Yeah. Yeah, so I really like that show. A lot of people dislike Mark Maron because they think he's too neurotic and like... I was saying to Liz earlier tonight that I think her neuroses are perfect for the podcast. We could have a whole episode on it. Yeah. Have you listened to... I'm sorry I'm interrupting you, but have you listened to... Fuck, what's it called? Okay, uh, well, first of all, there's My Brother, My Brother, and Me. I've never listened to that. Three brothers, all super neurotic in different ways. <laughs> Love it. And they're brothers, so they have the best rapport ever. And they're like our age-ish. Okay. So we're 37. That show's been on forever, though, right? They were very early podcasters. And they're but so like favorite. their pop culture references, we get them. Like you okay. have to be of a certain age to know what the sh- what the fuck they're talking what about. What the so, shit they're talking about. What the about. shit they're talking about. And then, um, oh, uh, yeah, dude. Yes, those are two so that I've heard you and Nikki talk about. Guys, and I've never listened to either And of them. one is John Larroquette's son, Jonathan. <laughs> no and yep yeah. i think that's he so like weird. I, I think he quit working at the clothing store now but for a long time like he just worked at a clothing store in la and did a podcast and then there's I the other guy it. whose name i can't think of this is terrible but he's super neurotic and he kind of like you know like their neuroses carry yes. the show yeah and mark's neuroses really do and like people would skip forward um on mark's because he does like an opening thing where he like yeah. talks about what happened that week or whatever and i remember Catherine. Yeah. Same Catherine. once. What's her last name? Catherine Sporty Halifax. Atwell. Atwell. <laughs> it's not Catherine Sporty Halifax. Hey, Catherine Atwell. I hope you're listening. To I me. really do miss you. You're a really sweet gal, and I love you. I like you a lot, Very too. Very good artist. Oh, yeah. Also a really cool artist. Mm-hmm. I always forget that about her. Catherine Atwell. Artist. Artist. Scientist. Living out east. Sporty girl. Yep. <laughs> um, but Catherine's saying <laughs> that she didn't like Mark Marin because she thought he was trying to like make us complicit in his neuroses or something and I was like fuck yeah I'm all about that <laughs> yeah I mean if you're a neurotic person listening to other neurotic people you're like phew it's not just me and also they're I just crazier I, than I am I don't even feel like oh you're crazier than me although I do get that from Mark sometimes but I just am like yeah I get you oh yeah I get that his food shit are you is- like yeah I want to sleep with you Mark Marin no, no, I don't have okay, that feeling. But a lot that? of people do. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, Mark Maron. And I'm like, I feel like he'd just be my cool older brother. Did you watch Glow? Oh, yeah, I love Glow. Yeah. Still doesn't make Dirty me Dirty wanna- Mark Maron and Glow is what made me be like, <laughs> oh. 
Yep. No, I still that's look, my old man crush right I, there. I don't want to sleep with him from Glow, but I liked him in Glow a lot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> Chris is neurotic too. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I just like listening to him, and he's a bit of an idiot, and yeah. Um. Can I tell you what I've been listening to? Yes. Because you know the answer. Sorry, I was just staring at you, you and then I'm like, wait, that. I'm a host. What are you listening to today, Melody? <laughs> to today. I have been listening to, kind of obsessively, Nicole Byers' podcast, Why <laughs> Won't You Date Me? Why 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 Won't You Date Me? Please! <laughs> So I'll, I'll play her song and don't sue us, Nicole Byer, because it's free advertising. I love her so much. She's, She's the host from Nailed it. it. Have you watched Nailed It? I haven't, but I heard it's fun. Oh my God, you should watch it. She's hilarious and so obnoxious, but like lovable, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like there's a thing where they have, okay, so they have different handicaps, right? Like if one per, I don't know how, I don't remember how it happens, but like someone will get like fucked over where Nicole gets to annoy them for five or 10 minutes or something while they're trying to make their cake or whatever. And she'll be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And it's so obnoxious, but you're like, Nicole Byer, (laughs) best. Anyway, I left her a review on iTunes today telling her that I wanted to date her, even though I'm a straight woman married with children. And bye, kids. (laughs) yeah she's pretty great i've been listening to that too i would like to say that i feel like that was a recommendation of mine it was it absolutely was yeah Yeah. and i you've been talking about it for a while and finally i started listening i was like oh my god well i don't go halfway like she talks really openly about how much she loves to suck dick i like to gobble a dick (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you could i mean if you've listened to this podcast then you would understand why that appeals to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah like she and i don't go halfway with podcasts like i just start to listen to it and then i listen to every episode yeah i can't not i just listen to everyone so should we call it a day we should okay let's do plugs real quick okay you can find the podcast at teach me tiger podcast on instagram and facebook our website is teach me tiger podcast.ca we're also on patreon where for as little as two dollars a month two dollars you can gain access to bonus content from all of our episodes and there are other perks at other reward levels like discounts on merch and we'll be making more merch i actually have to talk to liz about silk screening because she knows how and maybe we could make shirts Ooh, because liz knows how i do liz lizzie lizard lizzie Borden, baron von lizmeister <laughs> <laughs> plug yourself okay my instagram is l-i-z-z-o-u-s-e that is lizouse it's from a long time ago it just stuck yeah lizouse and the his house lizouse and the his house so that's my Instagram, L-I-Z-Z-O-U-S-E. And my website is Lizography. www.lizzography Lizography.com. Um, I'll just plug Sarah since she had to go to a party. <laughs> <laughs> She's so popular. You can find Sarah right at just the tip hand poke tattoos on Instagram. 
She's on Facebook too, but uh, Facebook. Go to Instagram. Yeah, I don't post that much on Facebook. I'm at Liz Cooper Photography Facebook, but meh, don't go there. Oh, Facebook also- is like a whole lot of bullshit for businesses lately. So yeah, I you know, agree. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I should say is that yeah. VR and I are like joint wedding photography yes. kind of venture is Quirky Love Photography. Cool. So just Google Quirky Love Photography. Nice. And you will get our website with our joint stuff. Cool. Okay, well, thanks for being here, Liz. Thanks to Sarah, who left. <laughs> I'm really excited to be a part of this podcast, yeah, and I'm I kind so of excited. can't believe it. It's going to be really I'm fun. I'm a podcaster now. Except- You're a podcaster. And although Sarah's not here, I will thank her very much for everything she's put into the podcast last year. It's been a blast, and she's a really funny lady, and I really love her so very, funny. very dearly. Like, fucking a lot, man. So, so funny. Thank you, Sarah. So sharp. So quick-witted. And we'll miss her, but we won't. Because we'll still see her fucking all the time. (laughs) I'm a few drinks in. (laughs) Um, Let's go drink more beer. Yeah. And Liz, thanks for coming. Thanks in advance for continuing to come on. Woo! And thanks for listening to our listeners. Thank you for spreading the word about our show. If you're not spreading the word, please spread the word. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Your pods. Your pods. Thanks again. And remember, it's It's a jungle out there. I don't know how to roll my arms. (laughs) Teach me, Tiger, how to tease you. Is this how we do it? Yeah, yeah, you're on. Just move a little bit closer. It's really awkward having these. Isn't it?